Hello everybody, welcome to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rude, and on episode 74 today, I have guest Sean Donahue, who is a filmmaker, producer, writer, and uh, I've had him on the show before, but uh, he's back on the show today to talk about his new documentary, Blood, Guts, and Sunshine which is about the history of horror made in Florida. So uh, he's on the show to talk about the documentary and then also what else he's got going on. And uh, then we also dive into uh, some Halloween horror and even the Alien franchise for a bit. So this is a fun episode to do. Uh, so, you know, briefly, I just want to mention... If you haven't already, subscribe to the Root Horror Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, make sure to give us a five-star rating and review if you'd like. And, uh, yeah, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Not really any uh, news, so to speak, uh, as far as uh, events going on. I know this is like the last weekend for haunted housing, so, you, you know want to get a little spooky make sure to check out your local haunted housing uh the ones here in the quad cities are uh, skeleton manor and factory of fear so if you're local definitely uh support your local haunted housing and uh get scared this is halloween weekend and this is probably the last episode that i do before halloween so i just want to mention uh happy halloween to everybody and uh, I hope it's a good one and make sure to watch a movie for sure make make sure it's a scary Halloween one uh, but uh, without further ado let's just get into uh, my conversation with Sean Donahue I'm here with uh, Sean Donahue, who is a producer, actor, director, writer, and is the founder of the Tampa Bay Screams Horror Convention. And uh, he's here to talk about some of uh, the newer uh, projects that he's working on. And uh, just want to say uh, welcome back to the show, Sean. Uh, I had a blast talking to you last time, so I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Uh, first off, how have you been, man? Good, man. Good. Uh, been uh, been doing good. Staying busy. How about yourself? Uh, likewise, man. I've <laughs> been staying busy myself. Uh, I I seen that uh, you were just at a convention over the weekend. Uh, how did that go for you? Yeah. Um, well, I went uh, just as an attendee. I didn't, I didn't have a table or anything like that. But um, not to not to shit talk the convention, but um, it I really didn't have a great time, to be honest with you. Oh. Um, it's it's a really big convention, and at conventions that size, it it just seems like the the theme kind of gets lost. Like, I mean. They had Irish jig music playing in the hallways, like, you know, I'm like, this is a horror convention, like, what, 
what is going on? <laughs> and and I wasn't alone. I talked to a couple other people that attended, and they said the same thing. It's just, you know, I felt like I was at a Comic-Con. I felt like I was at Megacon or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I didn't... I didn't find anything I really wanted. Like there was just a lot of horror artists and I'm not, you know, trying to talk them down, but you know, I, I go to conventions to try to buy movies and t-shirts and just retro stuff, like hard to find horror stuff. And it was just a lot of like arts and crafty type stuff, uh. you know, um, which a uh, convention I went to previously wasteland is exactly what I want. It's independent, filmmakers selling movies you know old copies of fangoria uh you know out of date stuff hard to find stuff you know props Hmm. um you know just stuff like that and and it seems like you know horror conventions are starting to become more mainstream and the bigger they get you know that's what you're getting you're getting like the the megacon effect Mm -hmm. um so no, I, I I didn't have. I mean, it was you know it was you know more fun than not doing anything, but um, <laughs> overpriced, and um, I I don't see myself going back to that one at least for a while. It just wasn't that great. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you'll have that, and you know, we all have like our our little like niche thing that we like to to get and. You know, for you, movies and props and stuff like that is is your thing. So that I guess you know wasn't a, a big hit at that convention. No, no. Um, and two, I mean, uh, there were there were two independent filmmakers there selling their movies. One of which uh, I, I I've known. It's someone that I've worked with before. When you went there five years ago, I mean, you probably had thirty people you know, selling their movies and, and, and it just, it seems that especially like the more mainstreamy crowd, they don't want that. You know, they don't, you know, I'm not buying a DVD. Why? When I could just stream anything I want. And I think what they don't realize is, you know, a lot of that stuff that these independent guys are doing, that's the only way you can watch it. Yeah. Um, a lot of my stuff, a isn't streaming B I can't get on streaming. I, I it's not that I haven't tried. I I get um shot down cuz it's too graphic. It's got too much nudity, it's too graphic. You're like, "Oh, no, it's, it automatically gets flagged as porn." Mm-hmm. And um you know, there isn't a great it's still in in my opinion, there isn't a great place where content like this is streaming, you know. Yeah. Like, I got cut out. <laughs> And like you know, your your content really isn't porn, but it you know it's just in. The but that's what people you know that's what they think you know when they see a lot of nudity, it's automatically that's porn, you know, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I kind of get pigeonholed into, well, I can just sell copies of it, and the problem with that is there are less and less people that buy physical media, so. My yeah. audience is getting smaller and smaller. It's not getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, with uh, like boutique labels, I think they're kind of keeping physical media alive. With yeah, know. no, that I mean, I will say that you know, with like your vinegar syndromes and your arrows and Severin and 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 uh, companies like that, you know, um, as my titles get older, 
if those companies are still around, hopefully that, you know, they'll start maybe taking interest in my stuff and it, you know, start to reach a new audience. Um, I actually just signed a deal with a company called uh, Alpha Video, oldies.com. I don't know if you ever oh, heard of them. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they um, they picked up my movie, Die Day Delta Pi, which I've been selling for years. But, um, you know, I've got to the point where I'm like, I, I think I've, I've reached as big of an audience as I can. So I kind of want to let someone else give it a try. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually just sent me the new cover art that they're going to be using. And it's it's pretty badass. Like, I was really, I think it's the best art we've had yet. Nice. So I'm excited when uh, when that comes out. It's just going to be on DVD. Um, they don't really, I don't think they do Blu-rays. It, at least they don't manufacture their own. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the movie reaches a, a new audience, you know, because you know, there's a lot of people that buy from them that have never heard of me. And they're like, oh, this looks cool. I'll try it out, you know. Right. They're they're the one that has like uh, those retro uh, covers made for like uh, what was it, Silent uh, Night, Bloody Night, or something like that. Yeah, um, I think was it you who posted a picture of that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- believe it or not, that's how I kind of. I mean, I, I I've known about that company for years, but that's what kind of got the ball rolling. You posted that picture, and I went and I I bought some of those. So some of those movies, and I'm like, man, these covers are cool, and I, you know, they wasn't the greatest quality, but um, <laughs> I, I watched them, and, and some of them I actually already had on compilations, but um, that's what got me thinking. I'm like, you know, let me let me start talking to these guys, and they gave me like one of those retro style covers like that, and I I wasn't expecting that. Like honestly, I was expecting it to not be that great at all. <laughs> and um, the the new artist that they have, I can't remember his name that that's doing that. He's he's awesome. So um, um, it's going to be, you know, a release similar to those that you posted a few weeks ago. Nice, nice. Yeah, I I really dug those those cover art, and uh, uh, you know, like I, I think some people are commenting on, like, well, you know, the, the DVD like uh, special features and stuff like that hasn't really wasn't really upgraded or changed. You know, it's no, I mean they're they're not known for that. I mean, I I gave them what special features I had. I don't even know if they're going to put them on the DVD. You know, if you're lucky, maybe you'll get the trailer. <laughs> but but the good news is with, with their movies, I mean, they sell them for like six bucks. So, I mean, come on. Yeah, they're you know, I mean, if you wanted to check it out for $6 and you got that cool cover, I mean, that's worth it to me. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, I would buy it just alone for the cover art. Because yeah. I, you know, I love that. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so that's one thing that's happening uh, with uh, with one of my movies, so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, very cool, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to keep a lookout on the, the oldies.com website once uh, once they get them on there. Yeah, yeah, they'll, uh, I'm sure when it's, when it's ready to go, they'll, they'll let me know so I can start advertising it. Have you ever seen uh, my movie, Die Day Delta Pi? Um, not yet. I have seen the trailer for it. Uh, okay. But it, it is something that would be up my alley to watch. I just <laughs> haven't gotten around to it yet. Ah, no worries, man. I just I didn't know if you saw it or not. Uh, I did watch uh, Zed's Dead. I know we uh, had talked about that one last time. Uh, when the I think it hadn't go. been released yet. When or I, th- I think so. When I, last time I talked. Maybe it had. I don't remember. Well, I think uh, <clears throat> um, we were kind of doing like a indiegogo campaign ad so like, oh okay that makes uh, sense 
yeah, I don't think it had been released, but we were just talking about it and, you know, how people can, uh, you know, help make the movie get made. So, uh, now that it is released, uh, you know, and I, I backed the movie, so I got a copy of it. I saw, I, it looked like you, you, you watched it the other day. I saw you posted a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Like after we had talked, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put one of your movies on and, and watch. And, you know, I, I, I know like, uh, Zed's dead. Isn't necessarily like a full on horror film. And it's, you know, like a, Pulp Fiction parody type film, or uh, what'd you call it? A parody or spoof? Um, I really, I like to call it a, uh, I wouldn't even call it a parody. Like I associate parody with like comedy for some reason. Yeah, I'd really call it. it you know, it's it's a spinoff. You know, story mm-hmm. is what I would call it. You know, unofficially. <laughs> An unofficial. Sp- An unofficial spin- spinoff. <laughs> but you know. Uh, I I have to say I I really enjoyed it. I was really impressed, and uh, it's okay if you didn't like it. I know you might just be saying that because I'm talking no, to you. <laughs> no, no, like you know, <clears throat> like you know, there are some movies out there where I watch. It's like you know, I know the person, so I don't want to hate on it. But I've got a really it, thick skin, dude. I've been I'm, you know, but but I that's cool that you liked it. But yeah, but if you didn't, I wouldn't. I'd still be your friend, you know. <laughs> that's that's good to know. But but no, I, I, I'm not just saying that because I know you. Like, I actually thought the movie was actually pretty decent, and uh, it it actually did have a lot of horror elements to it. Yeah, we tried to basically. It's it's like it's Pulp Fiction. If I directed it on a micro budget, you know, if you'd seen my past movies, you know, you kind of know what to expect. But of course, it's not going to be a straight horror movie because it's, you know, it's it's based on Pulp Fiction. But with that being said, you know, when we could have gore or, or you know, stuff like that, we tried to really, you know, uh, amp it up mm-hmm. um, as best we could. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, we made this movie for about a thousand dollars, man. So, you know, you can only do so much for that. And when people hear that, you know, immediately a lot of, you know, people, you know, give you kind of a frowny face. And, you know, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal, but I don't think there's a lot of people that could make something like this for $1,000. No, no. Yeah, that's quite impressive. You know, especially after watching the movie that definitely didn't look like it was $1,000. It looked like it was more than $1,000 worth. Not a lot more, though, but (laughs) I mean, um, and that's kind of I mean, most of my movies are like that. I mean, most of my movies are are made between one and three thousand dollars. I mean, when I first started doing it, you know, people were a little more impressed. And now, you know, now that things have gotten cheaper and there's more people doing it, they're like, okay, I can I can see that. But um, like that, I dealt to pie. That's my biggest budget. And that was made for seven thousand dollars. But if I if I if I made it now, I could probably make it for about three. But back in 2013 when we made it, I didn't I didn't know the things that I knew, and and a lot of money got spent on you know just things that I didn't need and got wasted or whatever. I've really kind of fine tuned my productions to you know spending little to no money to make them happen. So nice. Yeah. Well, uh, from the looks of it, you're doing quite well with uh 
pinching every dime in your experience. Yeah, yeah, no. I, well, I mean, you, you have to be. I mean, you know, yeah. there's a lot of guys that I see that are doing it, and they're, they're making stuff for a lot more than what I am. And some of them, you know, move on and continue to do it. And some of them I've seen make stuff really expensive, and, and they haven't made anything else or anything in a while because they're still trying to recoup the money that, that they spent making their, you know, project that they made five years ago. And that, that is one of the, the positives about making something as cheap as I do is it's a lot easier to make your money back and move on to the next thing. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be a filmmaker that only has one film, you know, not, not talking those guys down, but you know, you kind of want, I mean, if you think about any successful filmmaker, they usually have a catalog, you know, George Romero, John Carpenter, you know, Toby Hooper, they didn't make just one movie, mm -hmm. you know, so that's, that's kind of, you know, what I'm trying to keep going and, and it's, it, it gets hard, you know, I mean, I get to points where like, I don't want to make anything anymore and it's just something always seems to happen and, and I, you know, I seem to make something, I, I just shot something last weekend. So, you know, there's going to be something that comes out later on, <laughs> you know, if I shoot it, it's getting, it's getting put out. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I see that, uh, that you, you know, as, as you're talking about, you got something that you shot last week and I know that you got some other things, uh, that you're working on. Um, uh, you're going to be an executive producer on a film called Hellfire. Uh, could you talk about that one? Or? Oh, well, I, you know, I don't know if I'm regarded it. I don't know if that's what the title Jeremy gave me. Um, but okay. Hellfire. The story with that is. I started I started writing the script for that um, oh, about two years ago and I, uh, I wanted to make an action type movie but like a, a sleazier type action movie like Annie Sedaris and um, Eight the Chosen One also known as Brandon Holmes was going to be the lead and we kind of started brainstorming and, and writing down on ideas and I wrote about the first third of the movie and I kind of got stuck. Like I just, I just really just got stuck. So, I I employed one of my friends to come on as a writer. This guy named Andrew Allen, who um, really talented guy. He uh, wrote and directed a movie called Brain Jacked. If you've never checked it out, and um, he was a producer on Herschel Gordon Lewis's final movie, The Uh Oh Show. And uh, we've been friends for a long time. And and uh, you know, I knew he was a he's a better writer than he like he writes novels and and that kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. I told him, you know, what I was trying to do and, and, you know, I was like, hey, I'm kind of stuck. Do you think you can help me out? And he was like, I'd love to, you know, come on board with this. So he pretty much finished the script. I had the ending kind of set in place, but the whole middle of the script is, is him. And, um, you know, we worked together on it and, and we got it finished. And um, so I'm like, all right, now I got a good script. So I sat down one day and I read it and I was like, okay, well, this is really good. The problem is this is a twenty to thirty thousand dollar movie, like even on a low budget. And Sean Donahue does not make twenty to thirty thousand dollar movies because <laughs> I, you know, I'd love to, but I just, you know, I, I don't make that kind of money back. I don't, you know, some of these other guys can do it, you know, Bravo, but that's not. I don't make that kind of money back. So I told Andrew, I'm like, look, dude, I'm I'm not making. I can't, you know, if I made this for three thousand dollars, it wouldn't it wouldn't be good. So I was like, how about if we try and find a director to make this? Someone, you know, that can, that's worked with bigger budgets than me. And um, I talked to two people. I talked to James Bickert. 
I don't. Do you know who that is? Uh, nah, it's not ringing. Frankenstein bit. created bikers. Uh, Dear God, no. You ever heard any of those movies? Uh, maybe the Frankenstein one. And I, no offense to him, I didn't really like that one too much. But Dear God, no is great. You should check it out if you ever get a chance. Okay. Um. So anyway, I I talked to him and and passed the script off to him and and um, he didn't really get back to me. He didn't say much. So then I'm like, you know what? Let me just put an ad on Facebook. I created this little, you know, cheesy ad, and Jeremy Summerall, like like a magnet, flocked to it. Um, and we just got started talking about it, and he's like, I want to make this movie. I want to make it. And I'm like, okay, man. I'm like, if you really want to do it, you know, we'll we'll make it happen. So um, we created a contract, and you know, he he agreed to make the movie, and. Um, you know, I told him, I was like, look, man, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you, you know, to do it right. You know, this is at least a $20,000 movie, you know, and I was like, do you think you can, you can bring in that kind of money? And he was like, I think so. I was like, all right. So he started, you know, the traditional route, I think, you know, just talking to friends and family and people involved. And I, you know, I think he, he got some money organized, um, but maybe it wasn't enough or not as much as he wanted. So then he, you know, he did a Indiegogo campaign that, that happened and I was pleasantly surprised at how much money he brought in. That was the most I had seen anyone in our circle bring in for a while. You know, he brought in, I think close to $30,000 and I was like, wow, man, I was like, you know, that's awesome. Um, Hell yeah. so so yeah, so so the plan is now he's going to be shooting that in January. Um, he's got a lot of cool people attached to it, um, a lot of familiar faces in the, you know, the indie horror scene, and uh, I, I wish the best for him, man. I you know I, I know what the story is, so um, you know I don't know how close he's going to stick to the script, but uh, it should be a fun movie when it's all done, man. I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, final outcome of that. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of keep a close eye on that one because i dig some andy sedaris type movies and you know brink stevens attached to it that's pretty cool yeah i i think i think jerry i think we went you know it it fate worked out and i think jeremy is the right person to uh to do that his his movie his first movie pickaxe is what kind of really um attracted me to his you know his uh style or movies or whatever you know because it's mm -hmm. it's a smaller slasher movie but he it's really got like uh you know the the quality is really good you know the, as far as like the technical aspects um you know you could tell he knew what he was doing he knew how to work the camera knew what to do with sound you know the editing was good so i think hellfire will have that even on a on a bigger level um so so yeah you know we'll see what happens but um oh yeah it, for me it's cool because I've, I've never I've never been a writer on a project that got made. I've always, you know, written my own stuff and made it. So it, it, it's kind of an interesting uh, perspective to, you know, view from afar and see what someone else does with something that I, you know, co-created or whatever. So, so yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what that one's all about. But, uh, so uh, one of the other bigger projects that you're working on and i'm sure you're anxious to talk about it is the blood guts and sunshine documentary uh, this one seems like it's going to be a pretty big project so uh what made you want to start a horror documentary about the horror scene 
uh, in Florida, and uh, I know you got a lot of big uh, names in, for interviews. Uh, so yeah, tell me about uh, what made you want to start doing documentary, and and what's this documentary uh, going to be about? Okay, so um, for starters, just to let everyone know that the documentary, it's not like the documentary is finished. Like it's a finished product. We're not trying to raise money to make it. We're, you know, we're just trying to sell, sell copies of it. So it, it's a finished product. Um, and what really wanted, caused me to want to make it was, um, let's see, this was, geez, this was about two years ago when I, when the idea first popped in my head, I was at a place where, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to make a movie, but I wanted to make something and I was like, well, you know, maybe I can make a documentary, you know, it's cause it's not going to cost me a whole lot. You know, I can get a lot of people attached to it and, you know, but you know, what am I going to make it about? You know, was my first question because there's a lot of horror documentaries out there, both on a big level and small level. And, you know, you got a lot of documentaries about the VHS scene. There's a documentary I just watched called tales of the uncanny about horror anthologies. So I'm like, well, what can I do to be different? And, you know, I, I started thinking about the people that I could attach to it. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, there's a lot of people in my state that that do this kind of stuff. Why don't I make it about the horror scene in Florida? So um, really, the format is, you know, we start at the beginning. You know, some of the first films, horror films that were made in Florida, like Creature from the Black Lagoon. And we kind of track the history up until now to, you know, like the modern age with, with, with my stuff. So, um, I mean, some of the people we got attached, uh, Rico Browning, the original uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, John Waters, John Landis, Joe Dante, Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Um, a lot of the stuff is uh, archive footage because some of the people are deceased, of like Bob Clark. Um, and then we have modern guys like me, Chris Woods, Mar Marcus, Marcus Cook, Steve Byro, Andrew Allen, Shelby McIntyre. Um, we did a whole interview with Mike Sandlin on Grindhouse Video and, and talked to him about physical media and where it's been, where it's going, that kind of thing. Um, and we, we talked to a couple fans, too, and, and get their perspectives on on the horror scene then and now. And, and uh, it really, like I said, it's, it's really the history of horror films made in Florida from the beginning all the way up until now. And, um, you know, we we interview a lot of people and just ask them questions about, you know, their films and how they got them made and who was involved. And, um, I think it's really great. Honestly, I think it's the best thing that I've been a part of. Um, you know, and I'm not just saying that to try to sell it. Like, I really do think it's the best thing that I've done. Um, and if you haven't seen it, uh, the, and I'm not just speaking to you, the, the trailers up on our Indiegogo campaign, you know, check out the trailer. I think the trailer kind of, you know, says what it's going to be about, you know, just in that little minute and a half. Hmm. So, uh, so yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, you have a Indiegogo campaign right now for, you know, if people want a copy of the film, uh, people can, uh, donate to be like an associate producer, uh, stuff like that. Uh, you probably know better than me, but, uh, could you tell us about, uh, the Indiegogo campaign and, and what all people can get for donating. Yeah, sure. So on the campaign right now, 
you can buy a DVD copy or a Blu-ray copy. I'd recommend the Blu-ray because the DVD is going to be shorted about 10 minutes because the documentary is two hours and seven minutes and we can't fit that all on a single layer DVD. So we're going to have to cut out some stuff. Um, also, we're going to have special features on the Blu-ray that we can't put on the DVD again because um, it just won't fit. We, we got uh, the tour of Grindhouse video. We got um, an interview with the actors and actresses from a movie called Satan's Children. Um, I think we got some extended Tim Ritter interviews, a couple other things. So that's all going to be on the Blu-ray. Um, but, you know, if, you know, I mean, you're going to get the majority of, of what's there, you know, at least the documentary on the DVD. If, if you're on a budget, you know, the, the option is there. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to be an associate or executive producer on it, if, if you know, if that means something to you and you like seeing your name up on the, the screen, those options are there. Um, and you, you get a free copy of the movie as well if you, if you choose those uh, perks. And then, um, then for, I think, for 10 bucks, you know, you'll be in the special thanks credits if, if that means something to you. Um, and then the only other perk I have is um, you can be an associate producer on my next film, whatever project I'm going to do next. And we can kind of lead in to, you know, what, what I'm doing next. We can talk about that. Okay. And um, usually I, I have those perks set at $250, but this one, because it's like a pre-perk or whatever... It's only a hundred bucks. So if you want to be an associate producer on my next project, that's actually already shot. You you have that option too. So. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, uh, can you tell us any details on uh, the, your next film? Or sure, that... sure. Um, <laughs> so I really even wouldn't call it a film, um, but I mean, it is it is a movie, I guess. It's uh, it's going to be called Don't Sweat the Dead. Well, you know, it's either going to be called Don't Sweat the Dead or Afterlife Aerobics. I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about that. But it is a horror-themed workout video with uh, my, uh, my lead actress that I use all the time, Miss uh, Sushi, Savette Holder. Um, she is instructing a workout video. And in between the workouts, there's little skits where she's fighting zombies or vampires or thugs and uh you know it was a really fun shoot we we all had a good time and it, it, i think it's gonna be kind of funny i you know i don't think it's gonna be you know my masterpiece but it, it was just it was a really fun shoot and anytime i have a shoot that's that's fun it always seems to translate onto the the screen so uh i'm looking forward to it um i think i sent you some some of the pictures from it Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's going to be the next thing that I have come out is, uh, the, uh, don't sweat the dead, uh, horror theme workout video. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. It, it looks rather interesting. I'll say, uh, I would probably watch it. I, you know, I like those movies. Like I wonder if anyone's going to actually work out to it. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> you should have like a, like a special features thing where it's like, uh, an actual like workout uh, theme things, you know, like where like words pop up on the screen, like this, you know, like a timer or something like that, like you know, doing a a move for you know, right, thirty seconds or something, you know. I you know I'm, I'm because the you know it's it's only probably going to be about a thirty minute video, so I kind of want to load it up with with some special features. One thing I did shoot um, that's going to be on it. 
It's called How to Gore. So I basically shot this video myself while I was making it, which is kind of difficult. Um, I teach people how to make some basic uh, blood and gore, and, and I just show them some of the, you know, some of the secrets that I use, you know, making, you know, doing cheesy special effects in my movies. So, because um, I know some people over the years, you know, they've contacted me and asked me questions, and, and you know, I've seen some people make some stuff, and, and some people have told me, it's like, hey, man, I got, you know, this idea from you, you know, how to do this. I, I put a bunch of beans in my movie to make gore. I'm like, dude, I've never used beans for anything. <laughs> and I've gotten that a couple times. They're like, you don't use beans? I'm like, no. I'm like, beans don't look like anything. So anyway, so if they watch this, they can see how I make some of my, my gore. And, and um, you know, I'm a magician giving away his secrets. So um, that's going to be on there is a little video. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll do some other kind of a, maybe a commentary or like a joke commentary or something when they're doing the workouts. I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah. You know, we'll see where that goes. And and the biggest influence on on that that movie was um, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of the uh, Linnea Quigley horror workout. You ever heard of that? Oh yes, yeah, I've heard yeah. Of it. yeah. So um, that really kind of influenced me to to make that. And uh, sushi, you know, people always seem to really really love her in my movies. And I thought she was the perfect you know person to you know do something like that with. And we, we kind of tried something similar last year. We made, you know, she had her own standalone movie called Sushi Sex Seance. And, um, you know, that sold really well. So I was like, all right, well, let's try and do something again. And if this one works out really good, I got an idea for, like, a, a third thing I want to do with her that's, you know, kind of similar in nature. Um, um, and then, you know, then eventually I'll probably put all three of them on a Blu-ray and sell them as a three-pack or something. That's, so. that's a cool idea. So yeah, so that's uh, that's what I'm doing in a nutshell. Um, I got a couple friends putting some projects together that they kind of want me helping out with, um, but you know that's all really kind of kind of hearsay. And then the only other thing that that I have going on, of course, is my Tampa Bay Screams convention, and I'm always working a little bit on that. But um, you know that's not going to be again until next year. It's going to be June of next year. So I, I got some cool guests already attached. And um, that's always a fun time. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, I'm always keeping busy, you know, doing this stuff. And, and um, I, I try to not let it consume me too much, but it's it, it always just, you know, there's always something um, right. that that I'm, I'm doing regarding, you know, making making a movie or selling a movie or, or something. So, right. Yeah, like sometimes whenever I tell myself I'm gonna take a little break, I... your, yeah, your your show, and then it's like, and then someone like me calls you up. It's like, hey man, can it be on the show? And you're like, oh okay, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah. Let's let's set some up. But, but no, man, yeah, it it just kind of always seems like you know I keep busy with with something, you right? Know, you know, if I'm right. not doing this, I'm uh, you know I'm working on a, a short horror film myself. Oh, cool, man! Is and, this gonna be your first one, or? Um, yeah, like first serious horror film, uh, and it's just gonna be it's gonna be a short because this is like my first time. Oh yeah, yeah, to... I, I would definitely if it's your first kind of your first thing. Yeah, don't don't try and tackle a full length in the beginning. Right, right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm still kind of working on the story because I, you know, my original idea is 
it's going to be like, I mean, I've, I've made my mind up. It's going to be in black and white. Filmed okay, in black cool. And, white. and it's going to be kind of like a, a scarecrow film. So, okay. Uh, you ever see that movie? Um, well, there's a few scarecrow movies, but the, the older 80s one, I think it's called Scarecrows. Yes, yes, I have seen that one. Yeah, it's on it's on Prime right now. I just I thought of it because I passed it by the other day. That's a cool one. You know, yeah. that's probably my favorite movie about scarecrows. I guess. Yeah, that one's really good. And uh, the Dark Knight of the Scarecrow it was just like a TV made movie that uh, stars. Oh yeah, yeah, that is that that's a good one too. I forgot about that one. Yeah, stars uh, Doctor Giggles. Okay, uh, Larry Drake. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah, that that was a good one. There's there's some other ones I think called like Dark Harvest or they came out in like the early 2000s. Like there's a bunch of them, but those were all kind of cheesy. Right. Um, I think the the two that we just named out are probably the best ones for that kind of thing. <laughs> right. You know? Right. I agree. Yeah. Those. Yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't see a whole lot of people making scarecrow movies. So that's cool that you're. You know, everybody's all oh, making a zombie movie or vampire, or slasher or whatever. So that'd be cool to you know see some something different. Yeah, I've I've always uh, just kind of liked the idea of like uh, resurrecting scarecrow, and you know there there has been a, like I want to say a lot of films, but there there are some out there, and I just thought well. I'm going to kind of change it up. I want to make it black and white to kind of make it an artsy type feel. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can get some like really cool shots of the scarecrow in black and white that will grab the audience, hopefully. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, there's going to be some, some gore in it. Uh, one of my friends is a, he, oh, he, he's an effects artist, but he makes like, props and like okay. masks and stuff like that so he's really good with i think he'll make some pretty good uh body parts and stuff like that so i'm hope hoping to make this you know appeal to the the artsy plus the gore hounds uh i don't know we'll, we'll see how it goes i guess yeah man i mean you know just go out there have a good time and and uh you know just try to do the best you can, you know, I mean, you're probably going to have mistakes or things that don't work out and just try not to get frustrated because every movie has that man, yeah. you know, um, you know, I've seen it on bigger level, smaller level, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. Um, but you know, you just got to keep, keep, keep going at it and, and get what you want. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I you know, when it comes out, I, I look forward to it, man. I want to check it out. It sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, I don't, I don't want to give myself a deadline uh, or anything, but I'm hoping to maybe have it done by next October, November-ish. Okay. So that's my goal anyways. Uh, yeah, since we're kind of on the subject, uh, and you know, Halloween's right around the corner, uh, do you have a film that you tend to maybe watch more than others around Halloween time. All right. So I have, <laughs> I have a, uh, a theme that I do on Halloween. So for years and years and years, I would watch Halloween on Halloween or, you know, one of the Halloween movies or all of them. So I think it was about 
five or six years ago, I just, I was just kind of burnt out of that. I'm like, I'm like, I love those movies, but I just, you know, I'm like, I want to do something different. So for the past five years, every Halloween, I watch a horror movie that I've never seen before. That's what I do on Halloween now. So I've actually got a small stack here. Hold on a second. Let me, let me grab it. I've got a, uh, a small stack of movies that I've never seen that are horror movies that I'm, I'm going to watch on Halloween. So on VHS, I got uh, a copy of The Hunger. You ever seen that one? Is that the David Bowie one? Yeah. I have not seen that one, actually. I've never seen that movie either. I've heard about it for years, and it's, it's just one that I just keep passing up, and I don't know. You know, it just never really grabbed me, but um, I'm like, hey, man. I got to do my Halloween theme, so I'm gonna watch, watch the hunger. Uh, number two, I got a movie called Trick or Treat. So there's like three movies or four or more movies called Trick or Treat. Um, this one is new. It came out in 2020. Uh, it's got a bunch of people I've never heard of. It's directed by. Well, it doesn't even list it. Um, Echo Bridge put it out. Uh, it's got Craig Kelly, Dean Lennox Kelly, Sean Prakes. I don't see any known actors in it. It says mm. middle age can be murder on the cover. I don't know. Um, so I'm gonna watch that trick or treat. But it's not. It's not the. It's not the Gene Simmons one. It's not the one with the little. Uh, the one that everyone likes with that little. Oh, yeah, the Sam kid. character. Yeah, it does not Sam. And it's not the, um, my favorite Trick or Treat movie is the, uh, that one that Code Red put out, the oldest, the, the old school ladies one where the, the kid is staying with the babysitter and he's, um, just like fucking, sorry, setting up like all these, uh, pranks in the house and stuff. You ever seen that one? Uh, I actually was gonna start watching it. I think maybe I got like five minutes into it and then I had to go do something, but, I like yeah. it. it. It gets a little bit of flack. Some people think it's terrible. I like it, you know. Um, so, yeah, anyway, this trick-or-treat movie, I, I, I found it at Dollar Tree, and I don't know anything about it, but it's obviously Halloween theme. It's got a big pumpkin on the cover. Right. So we got The Hunger Trick-or-Treat 2020. Uh, I got a movie called Silent Madness that I picked up from Vinegar Syndrome in 3D. Have you heard of that one? Yes, I, I did pick that one up with... Uh... From Vinegar Syndrome. I picked it up last year and I still haven't watched it. I'm looking at it right now. It's still got the plastic on it. And I got a bad habit of like really like nice releases. Like I'm like afraid to open them for some reason. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just so like, okay, I'm like, here's my time. It's Halloween. I'm going to watch this. So we got Silent Madness. You got to watch it with the 3D goggles. Yeah, well, it comes with the glasses. So I'll probably do that. Um, I got a movie called Trick. Which is a newer movie, directed by Patrick Lucier. Um, don't know much about it, but it's set on Halloween night, and um, it's got Tom Atkins in it, so he's always a fan favorite. Um, I think it's got. Uh, doesn't it have uh, what's his name? Jamie Ken Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy, yes. Yep, it's got him in. I've heard some decent things about it, and like I said, I've never seen it, so uh, gonna be checking that out. And last but not least, I um, I bought the animated, the brand new animated Night of the Living Dead that just came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
so awesome. That movie's getting a lot of shit um, because they didn't credit Romero and Russo, which is really terrible. And I, and I don't like to support something like that. But with that being said, you know, I'm a real big fan of Night of the Living Dead, and, and I'm curious. I want to watch this. And it's um, it's R-rated, which you don't get too many R-rated cartoons being made anymore. So that, that was attracting to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be checking that out, too. So I'm excited about that one. Yeah, you'll have to uh, make a post about it after you see it or, you know, let me know if it's any good. Cause I'll probably I'm... let you know privately. I'm friends with John Russo, and I don't want to piss him off. Because oh, okay. um, <laughs> I saw him post about it. He was really upset that it was released. And, and I might have him at my convention, so I don't want him to think bad of me. But I'll let you know privately what I think about it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious about that one myself. But that is kind of a bummer about you know them not crediting yeah and i mean well they got a bad rap you know since the beginning because they didn't copyright it i mean they made a you know a mistake unfortunately so i mean that movie's public domain and you know it's been ripped off a thousand times but um but yeah nevertheless i'm i'm really curious about this and i want to watch it you know um my hope is that it pretty much just sticks to the original story it's just you know animated right you know That'd be cool. So yeah, I think it would be kind of cool. So that's my uh, my stack for Halloween. Those uh, those five movies. What about you? What are your? Uh, do you have any traditions on Halloween? What do you do? Um, well, I, I I usually I mean you know obviously I'll watch a horror film on Halloween or uh, around Halloween. We've been watching. I mean you know I watch horror movies all year round, but so it's not like it's changed anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 like that, you know. I'm a horror junkie, and you know, when I see people in October just like you know get spooky, and I'm watching horror, I'm like, you know, I'm like they're front, they're um, they're weekend warriors to me. You know, I'm watching horror movies almost every day. You know, and not because I have to. I just that's what I watch. You know, (laughs) right, right. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, actually, we just watched Halloween last night, the original Halloween. It's always so, good. Yeah, so, you know, um, we definitely, well, we made kind of a list of movies that we want to watch this month. And, you know, Halloween was on there. Uh, Halloween 3 was on my list. Just, you know, it's, that that film to me captures, like, the essence of Halloween. Oh yeah, no, that's a that's a great Halloween movie. I so, wish it, yeah. I wish it wasn't grouped in with the Halloween series because some people don't like it because oh they're like Halloween three sucks and I'm like you gotta watch it as a standalone movie. Don't watch it you know thinking it doesn't make sense right. because Michael Myers isn't in it. It you know that's not what it is. Right. I mean, you know, people can argue, well, technically he is in the film. Yeah, when they're watching the TV in the bar or whatever, and yeah. it's, you know, they did a little cameo. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, that's just like a, you know, wink-wink kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, they, they should have called it Season of the Witch. That's what, I, that's what I said. That's what I would, I would, like, they just called it Season of the Witch, and it was, you know, put out that way. I think it would have had a little more success, but they, um... You know, they, they thought that this is what we should do with this Halloween series, and um, they obviously were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You well, it, and I think we both know uh, they wanted to attach the name to it 
you try to get, yeah of course know. to cash in you know i get it I, I get why they did it but it wasn't the right decision yeah right but uh i don't know uh how am i gonna word this i i think like i've i've heard john carpenter talk about like his whole idea was he wanted halloween to become a, a horror anthology type uh franchise but then you know once halloween 3 hit it just tanked and you know everyone wanted to see michael myers so you know people behind the distributing or producing or whatever said no we need to bring michael back and Ultimately, that's what happened. And then they came. He came back in part four with possibly one of the worst masks <laughs> that they ever. I, I I rewatched part four not that long ago, and I, I like the movie. Like I think it's one of the better sequels, but the the lack of expertise put into that mask just really takes me out of it. Like I just can't take the movie seriously. And then, and, and then that was kind of the theme. Like, all the masks were screwed up. Like, they just couldn't get it right. And honestly, <laughs> I don't think they've gotten the mask right until now in, in the, you know, the newest Halloweens, the, the mm -hmm. David Gordon Green ones. I was like, all right, they finally got – like, and, and you don't realize how important that is. Like, a, a cheesy mask just kills it, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't. I don't like the mask in any of this. Even part two, I don't like the mask in that. One. There's something a little off about it. Like it's just not. You know, the, you know. I, I think. I think in the new Halloweens, I think they they did what they did in the original. Like, all right, we're gonna get a life cast of William Shatner's face, and and do that. You know, whereas the other sequels, they were just trying to make a copy of that, and it just wasn't quite right. You right. Know? Yeah, I would say H two O for me was one of the worst. Masks. Yeah, that one's bad. Well, dude, that one I've read up on that. So that mask was really bad. So they 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 actually had the artist or whatever who created it make another one because it was so bad that when you saw it in close ups, it was just ridiculous. So they had the the artist make a new one that was a little bit better. So anytime you see Michael Myers' face in close-up, that was a new mask that they recreated, and they went back and shot all. They reshot all the close-ups in that movie. So if you see a distant shot of Michael Myers, it, it's a different mask, and it's it's a really bad one, um, because the, because you know the executive producers watched it and they were just like, this is this is not uh, happening. Like you guys got to fix that, and they're like, we can't reshoot the whole movie. So they, you know, they're like, "All right, we just need to reshoot all the close-ups." So they had to, they had to reshoot all the close-ups because the mask was so shitty. Wow. Yeah. So, so uh, I was hearing like, didn't they have to CGI some parts? Or possibly that might be true too. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. That now I want to rewatch it just to see if I can point it out. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I haven't done that yet, but I want to because they said, you know, when you see the mask at a distance, it's like really horrible. <laughs> Yeah, but um, well, while we're talking about the Halloween movies, did have you seen the new one, Halloween Kills? Yes, yes, I did. And actually, what do you think? Well, um, I I did like it. I will say I did like it. Uh, there's just maybe some minor things that you know, and I think that's with every movie. Like you know, no movie's gonna be perfect, and you know, this series has been kind of butchered already. So, uh, oh yeah, this, it's like choose your path, 
you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, remember, remember those like old books where you could like continue it on page thirty-eight if you decide to do this, or continue it on page forty-nine if you do that. That's right. what it's like watching the Halloween movies. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So you know, I I did like it. Um, I I really liked how they did the flashbacks to the original Halloween film and added you know kind of like new scenes and yeah and it was done well like i thought they looked it didn't look cheap or cheesy it looked really good right and it's very ballsy for them to bring back dr loomis and somehow they made it work i was impressed yeah i don't know how they they did that i it looked legit to me i'm like is this old footage like it looked pretty good um you know apparently it was all practical effects they had an actor um with makeup on his face to look like Donald Pleasance. And uh, I don't know how many They probably hours. had a life cast of his face from something, and that, you know, that's my guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's like, I don't know how many layers of prosthetics, but, you know, there's, there's some prosthetics added to the guy's face to really make him look like Donald Pleasance. And they, they only shot him at a distance. They never did a close-up of it, so, you know. Yeah, which was probably the right thing to do. To, oh, yeah. Because, you know. I mean, if you got... probably didn't look the greatest if you got close on it. Right. Yeah, so, you know, that was cool. And I, you know, I did like how they brought back some of the really minor characters from the original, like, the nurse that... You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, I like that, too. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And, you know, I, I won't spoil the new one just because it is so new, so fresh. But, uh... Um, the one character that I uh, didn't think was right for the role was Michael C. Hall playing Tommy Doyle, I, I, like uh, a- Anthony Michael Hall or Anthony Michael Hall. My bad. Yeah, I um, I'll say this. You know, the people that they brought back, they got the original people to play those parts, but then they throw in Anthony Michael Hall to play Tommy Doyle, which you know, it's like, well, why? Honestly. I think they did that because the you know the original guy they probably didn't think you know no offense they probably didn't think he was a good enough of an actor and I actually think Anthony Michael Hall is a, is a good actor I've seen him in a in a few things over the years and you know he can bring it when when he has to um, but you know with that being said it, you know it would have been nice to have the original guy do it just because you already you have that but I I think they brought him in because a they thought he was a better actor and b you know he's he's somewhat of a you know, a has-been name, you know, mm-hmm. whereas the other guy, I don't think he did a whole lot. It's like, who was that? He's still kind of an unknown, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand why they did what they did. Um, Here's a question for you, though. Do you think uh, it would have been a better choice if they brought back Paul Rudd to play Tommy Oh, yeah, Doyle? he played Tommy Doyle, too. I think, um, no, I don't. because I think he's probably the best actor of those three guys but he doesn't look like tommy doyle you know he's got like dark hair tommy doyle had blonde hair from what i remember and you know i, th- I think it's more believable that anthony michael hall is tommy doyle and also i don't think they could have gotten paul rudd to do this movie like i mean you know he was ant-man he's in the new ghostbusters you know, this is halloween but it's still you know I-, I don't know what budget they had in this but i I bet you there's a big budget, bigger budget on the new Ghostbusters. You know, I, I think he's kind yeah. of almost, I wouldn't call him an A-lister, but he's like right under, like he's like, you know, maybe the bottom of the A-list, mm-hmm. you know. 
and you know the new Halloween movie. I mean, the biggest star you had it, and it was Anthony Michael Hall and Mike McDonald, and I don't know. You had a lot of unknowns still, you know, in that movie, which was what you get with most horror movies. You know, you don't need a lot of you know huge stars. So, no, um, I don't think it would have been a good idea to bring Paul Rudd back. Right. Pers- yeah. Personally. Yeah, I just it it's always just kind of pondered in my mind just because uh I have seen him play as Tommy Doyle so I and I think that kind of messed with me too watching Yeah, this. a friend of mine brought that up. You know, I was talking with him about it the other day and I I had forgotten about that. I was like, "Oh yeah, like, you know." So um but I didn't think about that till after the fact, till after I had watched the movie. Cuz yeah, I think I had been like you. I've been like, "Well, wait a second. This is Paul Rudd's role or whatever." Yeah, so. it just, I don't know, just because I i have seen, uh, I think it was Halloween 6, he was in that yeah. one. Yeah, The Curse and, of Michael Myers, I think it's called. Something yeah, like that. and I have seen that a handful of times where it's kind of resonated with me, so it's like, you know, in my mind, I still see Paul Rudd as Tommy Doyle, so I, I think that just kind of plays a part. Yeah, with, well, like, I know. mean, you know, with, you know, kind of juxtaposition like the Friday 13th movies, you know, Tommy Jarvis, you got a, you know, you got Corey Feldman that played him. Uh, I think Tom Matthews. Right. And then, right. and then that other guy, I can't remember his name, you know? So I, I'm not a fan of when they do that in movies and it seems like horror movies and soap operas get it done the most when someone else plays the role. Like that's really, I, I just don't like it, you know? Yeah. And I almost had to do that in, in um, a sequel in, in, in you know, some of my Descort movies. But I, you know, I, I see why it happens and how it can happen. But um, I'm not a fan of it, you know, yeah. for sure. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I like to Kind of takes the... you out of it. Right, right. Just doesn't doesn't sit well. Like, wait a minute. Then then your brain hurts i've been lied to, to. yeah yeah you're just you're thinking about this guy is this guy now it's yeah you, you it kind of just takes you out of it for sure yeah you know but, but yeah um you know did did you like the movie at all or oh yeah no uh it, it's my favorite sequel um after i watched it i i was like this is my favorite sequel out of you know all of the sequels out of the rob zombie ones out of the you know the four or five Curse of Michael Myers, Resurrection. Um, and I talked to a couple of friends that agree with me, and I talked to a couple other friends that, that didn't agree with me. Um, but it was still, the ones that didn't agree with me, it was still like in their top five of sequels. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I What I like most about it is it was just Mike Myers on Halloween tearing it up, you know? Yeah. Um, I like Jamie Lee Curtis a lot, but I like that she wasn't in this one as much because it, her character's really just kind of played out with me. It's like, I'm, I'm burnt out of her, and, you know... Like, I think that's why I didn't like the previous one that much. It was just... It was too much of her. You know, I want more mm-hmm. Michael Myers, and that's what this one gave me. Right. So, um... I enjoy... Well, what, what are your feelings on it? How... What did you think? Well, um... <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I, I'm in agreement with you with uh, the lack of Jamie Lee Curtis in this one. And it just it sets up perfect for halloween ends uh, i won't spoil what happens but uh the ending i think was they they ended the movie strong which uh a lot of horror movies get wrong 
in the sense of, you know, maybe the film is good, the beginning, the middle, but then the ending kind of sucked. Well, with Halloween Kills, I think they nailed it as far as just ending the film strong to set up for the next one. And I think Jamie's going to have a bigger part in the next one. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, it, because it, yeah, the way it's set up is... I do think she will have a bigger part, and that's why I might not like it as I might not like it as much. And my only other worry is I like this one so much that if, to me it's going to be hard for them to top that for me, you know, in this final yeah. one. And I'll probably when it, you know when I watch all three when they're all done, I'll probably come back and say I like the second one the best, you know, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen the movie. They haven't even made the movie. I don't know what I'm going to see, but I just think it's going to be hard to top the last one. Um, cause I, I didn't like, I didn't like the, the first one at all. I, I really didn't like it. I thought it was bland. It was boring. You know, I really thought it was mediocre and, um, you know, this one really impressed me a lot more. I'm like, all right, you know, they, they got it right on this one. Yeah. Um, but that's just like, you know, it's my opinion. Yeah, and you're talking about the 2018 one, right? Yes, correct. Right. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, you know, it was Halloween 18. It was nice seeing uh, Michael Myers back on the big screen, and it was nice to see that they were topping box office numbers or you know hitting high box office. Yeah, numbers. and and it, it was a really good setup for this one. Oh, you know? yeah, most definitely. But that was the problem, is the movie was all just a big setup, you know? Right. Um, and, Establishing uh, that, you know, this is 40 yeah, years Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. there were some things that I liked. I mean, there were some things that I hated, um, you know, for instance, you're going to decide to move Michael Myers from a mental facility on Halloween, which I get why they did that, but I'm like, <laughs> that's just, how stupid do you think the audience is? Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, so that pissed me off. Um, I haven't seen that movie since it came out, so a lot of it I've, I've forgotten. But there were just a few things that just just made me angry, and I was just like, you know, I, I don't like coming out of a movie feeling angry, and that's how I felt with that one. The only other time I was angrier is after I came out of Prometheus. Um, mm, I, <laughs> I just remember being that. angry. Yeah, don't see it. Um, and then, and then year, years later, the, uh, alien, um, oh, what's the next one that came out after Co that? Covenant. That one made me angry too, because, you know, I'm a big, you know, I know we're getting off subject here, but I'll just, I'll say this real oh, quick. I'm a big fun. fan of, of aliens, you know, the, the whole series. So when Prometheus was, was coming out, I was like, okay, awesome. This is going to explain so much, you know, from the beginning, you know, it's a prequel. It didn't explain shit. All it did was give me more questions, which just made me upset. I'm like, this didn't explain anything. So then when Alien Covenant came out, I'm like, all right, finally, they're going to explain some shit. And they explained a little bit, but I'm like, they're just dragging me in so then they can make another one, and they're, they're just cashing in on me. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I realized with that, the new series. They're cashing in on me. Um, I don't feel that way about the, the new Halloweens. I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm getting taken advantage of. You know, yeah, I agree. And speaking of aliens, because I'm a big aliens fan as well, uh, it, the and the really big bummer part about those newer ones was uh, Ridley Scott was attached to those. So 
Yeah, which he really, you know, I don't know if he just, you know, signed his name on a couple things because it didn't feel like something that he did. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, just didn't seem like, it, you know, it didn't really capture, like, the original aliens. No, like, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't dig it at all, man. Um, but what's what, your favorite aliens films out of, out of ooh, all of them that have been made? Well, I'm going to have to say aliens. The second one is the best. That's my favorite too. Uh, you know, a lot of people will argue that the original one. Now, with that being said, I love the original one. I think it's awesome. I, I think that one really plays out, especially for like a horror fan. Like it's, it's a slasher movie with, you know, the slasher is an alien basically. Yeah. Um, but aliens is just balls to the wall, beginning to the end, action packed. You know, the characters are interesting. You know, you're you're rooting for Ripley, and and it just I I watch that movie almost once a year, and it, it never gets old to me. Um, I can watch it all the time. It's it's it still holds up to me. Right. You know? Yeah. Most definitely, man. It it's such a great movie, and Michael Bain uh, is as awesome as as Hicks. I was sad that he didn't come back in part three. That that was always upsetting to me. Right. You know. Well. Uh, hear this uh i don't know if, if you read up on it but neil blomkamp the director of resurrection uh had written a script for alien 5 but he was going to kind of take like the halloween twist and uh forget the ones after three oh and, and just okay do like a direct sequel to aliens right. and so i was kind of on board with it because i was like you know, that, I'm on board with it if Michael Bean plays part. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, if you could bring back, you know, Michael Bean and, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think now with that being, I hated part three when it originally came out. I rewatched it a few years ago and I had seen it here and there over the years and I always felt kind of the same way. But the last time I watched it, I really liked it a lot more. Um, and I think maybe just because, you know, I've gotten older and my opinions have changed. Um, and I do think it's a good movie, you know, it's got, it, it's probably, you know, the most dramatic and darkest of, of the series, in my opinion. Um, and it, it's definitely got some interesting, you know, things that happen, you know, Ripley getting impregnated and it plays off of that. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and I, I enjoyed it a lot more, you know, rewatching it recently. But with that being said, I would have loved if, Hicks had survived, and it was, you know, a tag team of, of Hicks and Ripley, you know, fighting this new alien. Oh, right. And I would have been okay if they killed him off in part three. It's like, okay, now he's dead. But I would have rather seen that than it's just, you know, Ripley working with these, you know, criminals, you know, trying to find this alien. Right. Yeah, that, that would have been a strong presence in the film to bring him back. Uh, but I, I kind of see why they didn't, because they wanted, you know they wanted Ripley to feel vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. If she, if, if he had been there, then, then she's got to help her, you know? And if, if they had brought Newt back, then now she's got the, the mother situation where she's got to, you know, you know, cater to her needs. So right. because she's there alone, it's just like, you know, her against the world kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. but yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed it a lot more rewatching it, you know, recently, but I think Aliens, the second one, will still be my favorite, you know, I, no matter what they do with new ones coming out, or I don't think they're ever going to, you know, top that. Right, right. Yeah, he, he, it's hard to recapture lightning in a bottle, and that one definitely had 
So one, one last thing I, I will say about Aliens. Do you ha- do you have Netflix? Uh, I I don't at the moment. Oh well, there's this mini documentary. I, I think it's it's called like How Movies Are Made or something. Or and they talk about four or five different movies, and one of them they talk about is Aliens. And they talk about, you know, how difficult it was being on set with Cameron and what a pain in the ass he was. Because, you know, the whole thing was shot in, in Great Britain and it had a lot of, you know, a, a British crew and they didn't like the way that he worked. And actually, this is a fun fact, and I didn't know this so I watched it, James Remar, you know who that is? Yes. He is the original Hicks and they shot about half the movie with him and they had to fire him because he got arrested for possession of heroin. <laughs> so. Wow. So they shot a lot of the movie with him as as Hicks. And I've never seen any of that footage. I've never seen any pictures. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. So, so you know, when they fired him and they got Michael Bean to play the role, you know, they had a lot of master shots with all the Marines. And they didn't, they didn't have the sets to do those again. So when you see, like, the really big shots with, like, all the Marines and it's from behind... They use the shots with with James Remar. It's oh, not shit. with Michael Bean. Yeah, so technically he's still in the movie. And I was like, you know what? He would have been my. You know, I can't imagine the movie with with anyone else now. But I'm like, you know what? That guy, he's kind of rough and tough. Like I would have liked him as as a Hicks. Like I think he would have been cool. But it would have definitely just had a different feel, you know, with him. And I can't imagine it any other way. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, I, I remember him from uh, the Warriors. Yeah, he's in the Warriors. He's in, um, I think, another forty-eight hours, or is it the first forty-eight hours? Uh, Maybe it's the I'm first sure. one. He's in one of them. I think it's the first one. Okay. Um, yeah, he always plays a good kind of like bad guy or thuggish type guy. Um, I yeah, I, I, I've always liked him, and and uh, yeah, that's you right. know that's. I mean, it worked out for Michael Bean. It's probably... I mean, if you think about it, that and his role in Terminator are probably what he's most popular for. Right. And you know? uh, I... Honorable mention, uh, Planet Terror. I did like his character. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, for One sure. One of my favorite... More on Aliens. <laughs> One of my favorite role in Aliens is Paul Reiser. He is just such a scumbag. Oh, and you just... You yeah. want to see him die. Like, I kind of wish... It had been a little more graphic when he does die because you just wanted to see that guy get it, man. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. (laughs) Yeah, 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 he played the perfect, you know, like you said, scumbag. Yeah. But, I mean, he was like, you know, the perfect kind of car salesman guy. Like, you know, he was nice to your face and stabbed you in the back when you weren't looking, you know, kind of guy. Um, And I, I think that's probably, I mean, that's one of his most notable roles. I mean... If you think about it, you know, mad about you and that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those are like completely different. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's, I think, what he's probably most known for. Hell yeah. And, and I know he did Stranger Things recently. Oh, uh, that's right. He was yeah, in Stranger Things. He's got a things. small role in, in that. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, really think that they need to go with Neil Blomkamp's uh, yeah that'd be that cool one. if that ever happens man I mean I'll watch it I mean it's got to be better than what they're drilling out now you know yeah most definitely um so kind of going uh, full circle back to uh, 
some of your projects. Uh, and speaking of the uh, Blood, Guts, and Sunshine documentary, uh, you know, the films in the documentary are talking about Florida made films or like, is like, you know, scenes filmed in Florida. Correct. Um, what are, uh, and I know that you're from Florida, uh, what are some of your favorite uh, films made in Florida? Okay, well, I am a big fan of Tim Ritter's catalog. Are you familiar with his stuff or not really? I'm, I'm familiar with his stuff. So, um, when I discovered Tim Ritter and I found out that he was from Florida, you know, I really, you know, he's, he's one of my mentors, um, you know, going into to my stuff. So, you know, when I first got doing this kind of stuff, I mean, I watched, you know, all his movies, all the truth or dares killing spree. Um, even some of his more offbeat stuff, like he's got this movie called reconciled, like this religious movie. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, first of all, first off, I'm a big fan of like, the shot on video movies, which is really an acquired taste. You know, you either really love stuff like that or you hate it. But I think for me, I just, I don't know. I, I like that, that VHS look because I'm just, I'm familiar with it. You know, mm -hmm. it's what, you know, I'm just, it's familiar to me. Um, and I mean, anything that's shot on video, like I have to watch it like that, that, that was shot on video in the eighties and nineties, whatever it is, I got to see it. And, uh, most of his movies are, you know, were shot around that time. So, um, I really enjoy his stuff. Um, uh, Marcus Cook, you know, I, I like, I like, so, you know, so, you know, he's, you know, newer, I guess, in, in that vein, but, you know, I, you know, he was someone that I've gotten to work with and, and I'm friends with and, and I, I enjoy his stuff. Um, I mean, a lot of the people that I've worked with are, you know, or, you know, Shelby McIntyre, Andrew Allen, Chris Woods, like, I, I'm a fan of their, their movies, you know, I work with them, but I'm a fan of their, their stuff. So it's, it's cool that, you know, we've all gotten to kind of work together and, and we talk about that in the documentary, um, you know, about how we've, you know, how we met and, you know, some of the local conventions, you know, we talk about that. Um, and we talk about our influences, you know, the people that influenced us to, you know, do stuff. So, but yeah, um, Going back, yeah, Tim Ritter's probably, you know, one of my favorite Florida filmmakers. Even though he doesn't live here now, I mean, he made a lot of stuff here. And, and I recently found out, and unfortunately he's not part of the documentary, uh, Fred Olin Ray um, shot a few things down here. So, so uh, kind of a secret, I, I, have a, I have a list of filmmakers and films that I'm keeping track of um, that we're going to talk about if we end up making a sequel to this, if this does really well and people like it and it's well received, there's more stuff that I've recently discovered that was made here that I want to talk about. So there is a lot in this documentary. You're going to get a lot, but there, there's even more, you know, that's not in it. So right on, right on. I'll say that. Um, could, can you name, what was the film that Fred Olin Ray worked on in Florida? Uh, I believe it's called the alien dead. Okay. Um, and I think, biohazard uh, we'll have to check with him whenever i talk to him but i think those are the films that he shot in florida and it was some of his like first films as well and he's he's from tampa like he's from here which i didn't know that until i met him like oh no kidding hmm. so um yeah and he's back here he i guess you know he lived in la for a while but now he's living back in uh fort lauderdale so um he's gonna be at the next tampa bay screams i've asked him to, to come and he wants to do it so That'll be exciting having him come out. Right on, man. 
that's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the documentary. Um, you know, I mean, if you're a horror fan, you know, I think you'll like it. You know, you you there's a lot of people attached to it. Um, you know, you don't have to be a fan of Florida to like it. You know, it's it, it, I think it'll be interesting. <laughs> I think I think it'll be interesting. You know, just for anyone to just watch this. Um, and just seeing, you know, what, you know, what's involved, you know, how many people are banging stuff out in this state, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you could probably, you know, do the same with, with other states, you know, a lot of stuff comes out of Pennsylvania, a lot of stuff comes out of Ohio, you know, I, I'd like to see documentaries about that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, most so. definitely. And, you know, and, uh, I think it works quite well when you kind of narrow down, like, you know, say like like Florida being like the subject and then, you know, reaching out to people that, you know, especially if you're from that state, it'd be a lot easier to kind of reach out to the people that right, right. And, are still and in the area. Exactly. And that's why I did that. Cause I was like a lot of the people attached, you know, I know, and they're easy to get a hold of. They're easy. I can drive their house and do an interview. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas if I try to do something, broader you know it's going to be harder for me to get that kind of information right so yeah man i'm most definitely looking forward to this documentary uh, i'll probably contribute in some way uh before the campaign ends so um and i will leave the campaign link in uh the description of the show notes of this episode and, perfect um how many days are left on it? Is there like 20 days? Uh, I think there's about 20 days left. So, you know, you got a decent amount of time. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I know and, some people were complaining that, you know, it's it's too expensive, which, um, you know, I think it is a little pricey. But with that being said, you know, I've seen campaigns where people are selling Blu-rays for 60 bucks, which I think that's ridiculous. Oh, um, yeah. That's a little yeah. steep. So, um, you know... I will say this, we put a lot of time into this documentary, you know, we, we, Chris Wood spent literally a year editing this. So, you know, there, there's been a lot of time and a lot of love and a lot of patience, you know, put into this thing. And, um, I think when people see it, that they will see that, you know, this isn't just some thrown together, you know, uh, movie like there, there's a lot of, um, work that was put into it. So I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I definitely want to check it out. Most definitely. Um is is uh we get kind of towards the end of the show here. Uh is there uh in, anything else that you want the the fans to know like any other things that you're working on or how I think we kind of really talked about everything, man. Um Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the doc is, is the newest thing. You know, we talked about the uh, the workout video and uh, Tampa Bay Screams. And um, I might be doing a couple other conventions next year. Um, but, I, you know, that's all kind of hearsay. But, uh, yeah, you know, check us out. It's GatorBladeFilms.com. Or, you know, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram if you're ever interested in anything of mine. Um, you know, I always have a, a catalog of my movies. Oh, you know what? Uh, final thing I'll say. As soon as we're done, I actually am going to be doing a Halloween sale of my movies. Um, DVDs are going to be $9.99 shipped, and Blu-rays 
are going to be $13.99 shipped. So if you've never checked out anything of mine, I'm going to have pretty much my whole catalog is going to be for sale. And um, you can get you know get it at a decent price. So Very cool. <clears throat> is, is that going to be on the Gatorblade Films website? No, I, I'm really bad about doing things on my website. It's just going to be on social media. It's going to be on Instagram and Facebook. So you'll have to contact me directly to, to buy something on PayPal or whatever. Okay. So right on. And uh for the listeners, uh don't forget uh uh one of these days coming up soon uh, on oldies.com, the die die delta pi yes retro release. Yeah, and I'll have to did I send you the cover art what it's gonna look like? No, I don't think you sent it. I will send it to you, but you can't leak it out. It's it's a secret. So it, <laughs> okay. it's really cool. I'll, I'll when we're done, I'll send it to you just so you can check it out. But um yeah. You know, there's a an opportunity to check out one of my movies. You know, I, I'm sure it's probably only going to be about five or six bucks when they put it out. So. Right on. Very cool, man. Well, hey, uh, Sean, thank you so much for coming to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I always have a great time chatting with you. Well, that about it concludes uh, my conversation with Sean Donahue. Uh, again, I just want to say thank you so much, Sean. It's always a blast having you on and talking horror with you you know you're welcome back anytime and uh you know if you got any other newer things lined up in the future don't hesitate to uh hit me up and we'll talk about what you got going on man uh, as far as uh what's next for the root horror podcast uh i have uh and actually i kind of got uh something different for, for I would say for once, but uh, I'm going to be doing a, a written interview with the executive producers for Snoop and Martha's Very Tasty Halloween special on uh, Peacock, which is uh, very random for me, but uh, hey, you know, that's that's cool, I guess. So, uh, you know, look forward to uh, possibly a, a written interview on my website with them. And, uh, you know, if, uh, food and Halloween themed, uh, shows are your thing, then, uh, check out Snoop and Martha's Very Tasty Halloween on, uh, Peacock. And then, uh, speaking of more with Peacock, uh, one of my next guests are going to be, uh, Reed Diamond, who plays Jose in the new TV show on Peacock that is called The Girl in the Woods. So this is a Peacock original and it's based off the Crypt TV original story. So this is going to be a very cool interview to talk to him about The Girl in the Woods. And, uh, you know, he's been on other TV shows like The Purge, Wayward Pines, The Terror, homicide life on the street uh in the twilight zone from 2002 and uh, he's also been in films like spider-man 2 swat with samuel jackson and the dark room and the breed so uh, you know he's he's got uh quite a few uh, tv show uh, movies uh, projects under his belt so uh very excited to talk to him and that, that's not it. I mean, you know, uh, this month, no, uh, well, let me reword that. Next month, November, is going to be uh, 
pretty busy month. I, I got quite a few people lined up. Uh, hopefully, I'll surprise you with who I have on here. It's going to be uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, pretty good time here on the Root Horror Podcast. We are now getting into year three of the Root Horror Podcast. I can't believe it's already been two years since I've done a podcast. Which it's crazy, but awesome at the same time. I will be getting a uh, year two recap episode up in you know celebration of the two year anniversary or whatever. Uh, shit's just been kind of hectic right now, but I will be getting that up. I, I you know I wanted to get this episode up because you know Sean does have a sale going on, so hit him up before November first and uh, get some Gator Blade films to add on your shelf. And then, you know, also it's important uh, to, you know, see if you guys want to donate to the his horror documentary on Indiegogo, which I will have the link down below in the description of this episode. So check it out. See if anything works for you and, you know, support the indie horror scene. But uh, I guess that's all that I have for you guys today. Uh, don't forget to... Uh, Follow me on social media and check out the website. All of that stuff can be found at linktree.com forward slash root horror podcast. And if you're a super fan of the show and you want to help support the show and keep the audio quality sounding decent and, uh, you know, just to help uh, make things better for the root horror podcast in the future. Uh, go to anchor.fm forward slash root horror podcast and become a supporter click on the supporter link and donate what you can as as low as 99 cents to as much as you want you know if, if you have five dollars to spare a month you know it'd be greatly appreciated in everything that uh you guys donate every month goes right into the podcast in some shape or form so uh you know every little bit helps and i appreciate everybody who has supported so far uh i can't thank you guys enough and uh you know just want to say thank you all for the listeners that listen to the show uh every episode i put out and you know check out the pfpn network the prescribed films podcast network there's a lot of great shows on there and uh, I'm fortunate that they include me in their family. So, uh, you know, thank you to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network and everybody involved with them. Also, a quick shout out to uh, Nightlight for making the music to the show. It's so badass. I love the, the music that I have for the show now. It's amazing. And uh, I still will use the Pit Lord intro every once in a while. So, uh just want to give them a quick shout out too because they're a badass metal band from around my area so definitely check out pit lord if you're into metal but uh i think that's about it for me right now happy halloween and stay tuned for the next one
You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.